0: This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and TheTicketFM.com. Welcome
1: back. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby, Husker Rewind. Great conversation at the top of the hour with uh, the voice of Husker Volleyball, John Baylor. That was fun. I uh, hope to have him back at some point this season. Tanya Taki. Uh, we'll be on the show pretty much all of next hour. We're going to be in studio and Evan Bland of the Omaha World-Herald uh, talking Husker football. So, uh, good stuff. But we're not done. We do something that we do about uh, this time every year. We'll probably do it for, I don't know, have we ever done it for Husker basketball? Have we ever done the grades for Husker basketball? Um, No, we we, we
2: did not. We it's kind of tough to do that because you're you're not talking about a single game.
1: Sometimes you're talking about three games in a week. You never see the grade, like you never see grades done for for basketball. I think you could you could do it. Yeah, I guess you could do it. The one but, thing I think that we need to do through basketball season, we it was you and
2: Box Bit that we started back up a while ago. Picks of density. Yeah. And I think it's fun, um, and and I think it's something we need to just carry on all the way through basketball season. Oh. We'll do that at the, the end of
1: next hour. We'll definitely do our picks of density uh, next hour. We had no blood. Four. Yeah. I won four. You won four. We were tied. Yeah, we we both were we four, four and four. Four and four. Okay. Yeah. So uh, so which means, nobody has to buy dinner. <laughs> which means we lost uh,
2: you know, we lost ten percent of whatever amount we bet. That's right. <laughs> Each of us did to the
1: house. So. Let's get to the grades. All right, uh, we'll start with not so much the bad, but not the not as good. Uh, Nebraska, the pass game was not great, uh, but Harburg did complete 8 of 17, 85 yards. He had one TD and kind of put away the game with that 44-yard pass to Malachi Coleman. Outside of that, there wasn't a lot of good. Uh, Nebraska had one pass complete to Alex Bullock, one for 15 yards. They missed um, a wide-open Nate Borkercher which probably would have been a touchdown to uh, start the game. Fedoni was also open, uh, but that was intercepted. Two interceptions, as I mentioned, by Harburg. Uh, he's got a lot of freshman wide receivers right now. I gave him a C minus. I know you might have been a little more harsh. I just gave him a D flat out. I mean,
2: there were guys that that didn't make plays that I thought they could have all the way through from the quarterback to the receivers. But passing game, I mean, and it's going to be a struggle. It just is. You don't have a guy that is 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 a pure, you know super accurate passer that's going to, yeah. you know, but but the thing is, he's a gamer. He He's going to take whatever happens. He's going to take the coaching. It, Coleman might
1: do something.
2: I Hey, I'm going to go back to last year and Trey Palmer's comment. Somebody tell Malachi Coleman to tell the team this. Just throw the damn ball as far as you can. I'm going to go get it because
1: no one will keep up with him. The uh, 44-yard pass was, by the way a Tom Osborne, Ron Brown suggestion where yep. it was basically a fake off the option. They'd been running the option all day, so they'd kind of been setting that play up. Yep. They had the fullback in the game, the fake to the IVAC, and then Malachi, who was really not the the main target in that. He was supposed to run the defense off to open up guys like Alex Bullock, uh, but he just ran past the defense and credit Harvard because he kind of knew that Malachi was going to be open, uh, and he was. Touchdown. Yeah. That, that was his best pass by far of the day. That was right on the. I'll monitor. be honest; that may be one of his better passes of the year. Um, against the let's see, uh, let's see, uh, for the run. We'll st- we did the pass. Let's do the run. Nebraska. I give him a C minus. They ran uh, for 163 yards, uh, 39 carries, 4.2 average. You had Emmett Johnson getting his first start because Anthony Grant, quite frankly, has had fumble issues. Uh, And I thought Emmett looked really good. 12 carries, 73 yards. He had a 6.1-yard average. Harburg was pretty good, again, on the ground. He had uh, 16 carries, 72 yards, and a TD. They reviewed it. He did get in for the touchdown. Joshua Fleeks, three carries for four yards. I I still thought it wasn't their best performance. They dropped a lot of balls. They left some balls on the ground. They were lucky that there wasn't more fumbles recovered by Northwestern. Uh, but I gave him a C minus in the run game. I actually gave
2: him a C plus. They they did put the ball on the ground three times, but I there's, a, you know, it's funny. They talk about Anthony Grand, and he's special, and if you can just hang onto the ball, etc., etc., etc. Watch Emmett Johnson run.
1: Tell me he's not special. He runs hard. Oh my! And he find cre- he finds creases that sometimes aren't there. He, he has that quick twitch got, little yeah. ch- uh, change of direction. That young, remember, he's he's a he's a freshman. I may be wrong, but I think he was the Minnesota player of the yes, year. Yes, you are not wrong. Uh, or, and I no, don't th- I don't think he got a scholarship offer from Minnesota, uh, which is strange because he looks like the real deal. He's waited around. If you heard him speak, I thought he was impressive speaking as well. Uh, but it, it was just okay in the run game. Not in Nebraska. You know they're number one in the Big Ten in rushing. Not that that says a ton, but. They have been good running the football. I didn't think they were great running the football on Saturday. Versus the pass, Nebraska had eight sacks in that game. Brendan Sullivan uh, had trouble. Uh, completed 12 passes, 12 of 23 for 176. No TDs, one interception. Bryce Kurtz had the that three catches for 96 yards. The 66-yarder, that was uh, he was taken down at the end of that. Uh, Nebraska lucky that they didn't give a touchdown on that play. Uh, but... They were they were pretty good against the pass, especially when you consider the eight sacks. I gave him a B plus. I, I I'll be honest with you, I got to give
2: him an A minus because I get it. There were there were two plays that were kind of busted coverage, but the guys showed up and said, "Hey," and it, it's not even next snap. Forget about what just happened. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I'm still in this play, and I can prevent him from scoring a touchdown. And they made the play. Granted, yeah. it's their own fault that they had to go make a, a, a touchdown-saving tackle. But there's like two or three plays in the passing game where you're like, "Man, that's awful." Um, well, you know what? They, was it Hartsock that saved the touchdown? Hartsock. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then, but they went back to th- they went back to throw it over 30 times. They only threw it 23. We had eight eight sacks. There were times, both rushing and defensive pass defensively wise, that they were. Flat out dominant. I'm going to give him an A minus.
1: It could have been better. Tommy Hill dropped an interception. Phelan Stanford Sanford dropped an interception. Uh, Tommy Hill did have one pick that was right At before the, the half. half yeah. It didn't really matter. Um, so I give him a little worse grade than you. You you liked him better than I did. Yep. Um, Nebraska against the run. Where are we? Um, yeah, against the run. Against the run. I thought they were they were pretty good. Uh, I gave him I gave him a C minus in that. No, no, see, see, they, they, 39 carries 81 yards, 2.1, um, per, no, I gave him, I gave him an A. Uh, what am I looking I was, at? I gave like, him, I gave him <laughs> an A. You're, you're great and harsh if I, they got a C. At, I was looking at the wrong thing. 81 yards is all they had. 2.1 average. The long, they did have that one long run. And then Omar Brown made the tackle from behind to save a touchdown. Uh, but. Nobody did really much of anything. You had Anthony Tyrus with six carries for sixty three yards. Cam Porter, nine carries for twenty yards. Sullivan minus sixteen yards. Yeah. That that's an A versus the run. That's what Nebraska does, though. Yeah. Cam Porter, I mean, he ate
2: Nebraska's lunch in Dublin last year, man. Like they they it was it was yeah. like you're watching Barry Sanders. And the 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 ability to make plays uh against the rush, I just flat out. I just a solid A. Yeah. Um I, I get it. The, the Tyus busted the one run. Great. Yeah. Whatever. Guess what? Did it? What what it get him? It got him a field
1: goal. I get it. But Omar Brown's fast. I mean, he caught him. Yeah, uh, and now Tyus,
2: was, Tyus runs like a six two forty.
1: Yeah, he's, he's not
2: fast, Omar. Brown caught him quick.
1: Yeah, and he was way behind him and he caught him. Uh, overall, uh, I gave him a B. plus Special teams I didn't include, but Brian Bushidi, uh, seven punts, 41 yards. He had that 55 yarder uh, into the wind, which was impressive. Tristan Alvano has now made his last three out of four. Uh, forty-seven yarder into the wind. So special teams has is better than it has been. Yeah, I'll 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 give you that. Uh, like special teams, just call it a B. Okay, like
2: nice, uh, slightly above average. Like they're not hurting the team in any way, shape, or form. And and then there's certain plays. And the Bushini punt, man, that that literally, if he shanks one right there, which we watched Caleb Lightborn do, and we watched whoever else do over the course of the last five or six years. If he shanks that, it could be a different ballgame. Instead, he (laughs) it's a 55-yard punt, and he totally flips the field. And it's like, okay, we're good.
1: Uh, Nebraska had 14 first downs, Northwestern 12. Nebraska was 4 of 12 on third down, Northwestern 3 of 15. Total yards, uh, 257 to uh, Northwestern's 248. Uh, 85 yards passing for Nebraska, 176 for Northwestern. Uh, Nebraska, 163 rushing, 81 for Northwestern. Turnovers, Nebraska had two, Northwestern one. Time of possession, pretty much the same. Nebraska, just over 30, 29 minutes for Northwestern. The stars of the game were all on defense for me. Nash Hutmacher had a great game. Uh, Two and a half sacks, seven tackles. Isaac Gifford had that great play on the screen pass that could have gone for a touchdown. He had seven tackles. Uh, Princewell, Played well. One sack, seven tackles. Jamari Butler has really come on as of late. Luke Reimer, good to have him back after uh, missing a couple of games. He had six six tackles. You know, the thing that I've noticed is MJ Sherman and Chief Borders have not been a big part of the defense.
2: No, I was kind of surprised at that. Isaac Gifford, to me, was kind of the player of the game. He did have the one sack, but the play he made to get through the two offensive linemen that were pulling on the screen pass, if he doesn't make that tackle, that's a touchdown. Right, yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean the the, that, the dude on TV, the color commentator,
1: he goes right there, boys and girls. Isaac Gifford wanted it more. He ran than the right offensive around. A, he ran right, right around a three hundred pounder. I mean, obviously, that's you got a quickness versus bigness, but uh, that should that block should have been made. The, but it was a great effort the, by and Isaac. the flip side is Gifford
2: was started to blitz on the play, and he saw what was happening yep. and broke off the yep. blitz and went
1: and covered it. Great awareness, and it, it's amazing to me that they have guys with that kind of awareness, knowing that they're playing 20-plus guys every week. Yeah. They're playing James Williams we've never heard of. We all went to our programs. Who is this guy? Oh, yeah, Yeah. he's the Juco from Missouri who's a walk-on. Yeah. And he's getting the sack in the game. And then I think he had one and a half sacks. I No,
2: he had one, only credited with one. He was
1: in on two others where he was the third guy. Yeah. And he was in the backfield probably seven or eight plays. There's so many guys that you look at and you go, he could be a star. He could be a star. And they just, they're not afraid to play them all, yeah. uh, which is a little ridiculous. I i hope they can keep Tony White uh, because I yeah. think he's going to be a big star in the coaching business. Gary he already is. Um, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, next
2: hour is going to be fun, man. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I see our guest. She's here. Tanya Taki is here. Uh, And she's coming in the studio and we're going to talk some Husker Volleyball, Mike Melby, Tom Stevens, more with the second hour of Husker Rewind on the way.
2: Plains Cover Crop is your one-stop seed shop. Call us now for spring and summer forages, CRP mixes, and fall cover crop blends. We do farm-specific consulting for practical and efficient seed blends to fit your geography and goals. With a very diverse inventory, we will tailor a blend just for you. We're also looking for contract growers, and we buy and sell rye. Find us online at plainscovercrop.com. Timeless agronomy practices paired with modern technology. East Highway 20 and in across Nebraska. is your backyard ready for fun with friends and family this fall GE landscape supply has pavers and boulders which are a great accent for any landscaping project and you can find them at 6701 Cornusker highway GE landscape supply sells to homeowners and contractors with a vast selection of landscaping and construction materials and don't forget they deliver anywhere, nearby or far away. Stop by at 6701 Cornusker Highway from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday to Friday. Go to geLandscapesupply.com for more info, or call
0: 402-467-1627. This is Lincoln's home for sports talk on the FM dial, also online at theticketfm.com on the internet. KNTK FM, Perth, 93.7, The Ticket. This. is is Sunday Rewind. Take it back now, y'all. Down, if I could back On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Stevens and Mike Melby.
1: How you doing, Tom? Welcome I'm, back. I'm good. <laughs> it's good to be back. I haven't seen you for or talked to you for three minutes. I know.
2: Um, this is Husker Rewind here on 93.7 The Ticket, the theticketfm.com. If you want to join the show, you can call or text Starter Heyman Text Line and Honda of Lincoln Hotline 402-464-5685. All of our guests join us unless they're in studio like Tanya Taki is right now on the Allo VIP line VIP line brought to you by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. And uh, we are joined by a former Nebraska middle blocker and coach at Nebraska One, Tanya Taki in studio. How, how were you last night during the entire match? <laughs> Did you go?
3: I was there. Um, so I actually, my Facebook post was, Good thing my husband had a very thick polo on because my fingers were going to go through anything else that he had on. Like, if he had a T-shirt, it would have been in shreds, especially that fourth set when we were coming back. And then when Harper got that ace, like, I think more of his shirt was in my hands, like, wadded up (laughs) than on his body, so...
1: Yeah, you were a nervous wreck, just like everybody else. Yes. But they win the first set easily. Well, not easily. The 25-22. Just dominating. Uh, but they were dominating to start the set. It looked like they could win it easily. And then Wisconsin came back, as you might think that they would. And then the second and third set were dominated by Wisconsin. But you had a little hope in that Wisconsin was really dominating. It was like 22-12 to or something like that. Nebraska made it close, and they lose 25-20. to Uh but in the fourth set, it looked like Wisconsin was going to close it out to me. Yeah,
3: I mean, I think what I, you know, I have this text group that all of the alumni girls that I played with, um, we all live in Nebraska. And so we had this text group going and I texted everybody and I was just like, I just feel like this, what we're seeing after the first set was super seniors versus freshmen. Like mm-hmm. the freshmen got nervous and no. got tight. And I thought the first set they played like dominating um and i felt like they were able to like swing at a block or around a block or tip around a block and so i just i don't know what happened in that second set if they just got too comfortable they didn't think they needed to you know stick with the game plan but um i just think we we just played like freshmen there for a couple sets which it that's what it seems like we do against everyone we we can dominate hey we're dominating and then all of a sudden we're like nope we're freshmen just a second We got to figure our stuff out. And then they're able to come back in so far every single match that we've watched. It's kind of the same thing. And I just was nervous. I knew we could dominate them, but could we sustain it? And we obviously couldn't sustain it for five sets.
1: I asked John Baylor in the first hour of this, and I want to get your reaction. Do you think part of it is, because Nebraska had lost 10 straight matches against Wisconsin, and some of those teams were capable of beating Wisconsin, surely. I understand Wisconsin's played really good volleyball for a long time, but so they haven't beat them since 2017. You think part of it is, with the four freshmen, that they just don't know any better? Like, they, they don't understand the pressure because they haven't experienced it before.
3: I mean, I think Coach Cook talked about how we all played at the um, stadium game, and that was pressure. Yeah. And we all handled that just fine. Um, and I think a little bit of we're freshmen, so we don't know what we don't know. But I think the other players have made it very clear that they were done losing to Wisconsin. And you see that in club volleyball all the time. You just you play this team over and over and over in Nebraska, and then one day they're just sick of losing to you, and they just start playing better than they've ever played. And I just, I think that was a little bit of what we had going on. Um, But I, I can't stress how much that stadium game and all the pressure and all the hype and all the enthusiasm and the screaming of the crowd, like turn these freshmen into, they're not freshmen anymore. They've yeah. experienced some great pressure and they went to Brazil and played some great games and they, their teammates already, like they, they're already like acclimated to the team. So I don't, I don't know how much of that Was that as much as just, we've already felt this pressure, let's go. I don't know. Either
2: way. Go back 10 years-ish, and Russ Rose is in the middle of a run of five straight natties. Nebraska can't beat Penn State. Right. John Cook redesigns his program, learns things, changes things, modifies things, listens to people on various things he can do. Some of them were great ideas, some of them sucked. But he went and picked the right ones and Nebraska has dominated Penn State. Kelly Sheffield has just owned Nebraska for whatever reason, and, and he, you talk, <coughs> Coach Cook talked about it in the pregame uh, press conferences earlier this week about they've set the bar. We've got to go figure out how to jump over it. No one else has been able to. We haven't forever. What has he done that's different that allowed them to have the fortitude to win in five last night?
3: I mean, I think the problem is, is that people look for when, when you're talking about like taking down a a dynasty like Penn state and a dynasty that, that Wisconsin has going on, or even, you know, Texas or any of those, those programs. I don't know that if it's one silver bullet thing, if instead I think it's a a combination of things. Um, I did read coach Pettit's um, kind of insight on what he thought was going to happen that night. And he said that, there's there's they coach so different and they recruit so different. You know, Sheffield is looking for the most humongous person, just body. You can't teach tall. So let's let's recruit the six, nine girls and the six, eight girls and teach them volleyball where I feel like Coach Cook likes the the more Jordan Larson, the the smaller player, but has more grit and fire. And I can mold this person into what I need them to be in, you know, with vertical and speed and power like height isn't as much of an importance as, you know, just skill potential and you know understanding the game potential you know volleyball iq is what i call it um so i feel like our recruiting is completely different where we're recruiting freshmen and he seems to be also recruiting like overseas and he was recruiting out of the portal and just you know what how do you want to have your program do you want to recruit freshmen to come in as freshmen and sophomores and have like a four-year career or are we using the other you know lower level programs you know the the iowas or you know the indianas you know the lower level of um, the conference? Are we using those schools to build up our players and then saying, Hey, you went to Michigan state. You're one of the best players. Now you understand the big 10. We want you at Wisconsin. So I feel like it's just how you're recruiting. Um, Coach cook's been getting like national team players. You know, the girls that played 17 you 18 you 19 national team players. And I feel like that just that pipeline of who. Coach Cook is looking for with with Jalen. I mean, everybody talks about Coach Cook, but almost nobody ever really says anything about Jalen. And Jalen is one of the only assistants that I can remember in a long time besides Kathy Noth that has been an assistant for longer than two years. And now you're seeing the what an assistant does is he creates those relationships with girls as freshmen. And one of the things that Jalen said in the TV or radio or whatever after last night was that. I've been talking to these girls since they've been eighth graders about how we're not going to lose to Wisconsin anymore. So it's just like a mindset. Like that's, Um, we're just not going to be that. And so when you have an assistant coach that's staying on at a high level program like that and not getting picked off, you know, he's creating those relationships and then those girls are playing for him for four years. Like hmm. these are the girls that he recruited at as eighth graders are now here. And this is their first year. And I think this might be the second time, you know, when you're a coach for six years, this might be the second year that he's eighth graders are coming in.
1: Well, John cook has one of the best coaching trees in the history of sports, really. Right. And I think he's creating more room with Jalen Reyes. I mean, obviously he, we all know him as a great recruiter and he's been on this show numerous times. And yep. uh, you can tell why he's a good recruiter. He's just builds relationships. He's really good at that. Um, and he's recruited all these girls. Uh, and you could talk about the four freshmen. Harper Murray certainly is a big part of it. Didn't play well in the first three sets or first four sets really. Uh, And then closed out that fourth set with the tremendous serve. And then the fifth set, she went nuts um, and hit a ridiculous 7.78 uh, when it really, really mattered. You could argue she's the MVP. You could say always Lexi Rodriguez because the ball never hits the floor. You could say Bergen Riley because of her ability uh, to quarterback this team or Merritt Beeson, the captain, 21 kills. Uh, Who's your midseason MVP right now?
3: I mean, when you're talking just our team wouldn't be the same without them versus like, like ceiling potential, you know, there's, I, you have to put a play in there for Lexi Rodriguez right now. I mean, without some of, I feel like she is what the other teams are scouting and figuring out their whole game plan based off of Lexi Rodriguez. Like if you look at the reception numbers, teams are serving away from Lexi. people are hitting away from Lexi. like when you are changing an entire team's game plan based off of your play, that means that there's a lot like a, there's a having you on our team is is very important. um I feel like um Choboy could step into her role and and be that, but I just feel like Lexi's probably the MVP for the whole season, but I mean, to have Merritt Beeson do it. She did last night and have the team on her back and, and just get, get the, get the ball. Everybody knew the ball was coming to her and still be able to perform. Um, and then Harper Murray, I mean, the sky's the limit for that girl. Like we all are just like so proud of what she's able to do and what she's, where she's going. So those are probably my three MVPs right now, but I would have to lean Lexi Rodriguez.
2: I want to ask you specifically about the difference in Bergen-Riley from set to set last night. Um, I'm a novice at understanding the game. I think I have probably better than the average fan, but at the same time, (laughs) I'm 19 light years behind what you understand about the game. I noticed a difference in the way Bergen-Riley set. A little bit of it was passing, and that was due to strong play from Wisconsin, but the flip side was um, it seemed to me like Bergen was doing things not quite as good in the second and third then changed and it made all the difference in the world. And I'm going to throw it out as opposed to letting you just say something and I'll agree uh, and then I'll take the credit. But I felt she set the ball too close to the net in the second and the third and in the fourth set specifically and really the fifth back row sets and sets that were two to three feet off the net, not six to eight inches off the net.
3: Right. Well, to be quite honest with you, I had to watch the game from – the, if you look up on the stadium, you know, I'm, I sit under Sarah Pavin, all the way at the top. I'm four. And so like my vantage point, I can't tell when the ball is on our side versus their side. I know that sounds really weird, but like, we'll get a block and I won't know if it like when it lands on our side and it's a point for your other team, like I'm jumping up and cheering and I'm like, Oh, I didn't know that it wasn't on our side. So it is really hard on my depth perception to see where the sets were. But for me, what I always watch on what are we studying? Well, and the question that I watch or the thing that I'm watching is, is the hitter able to come in free like a ballerina and just like unload on the ball? Like when Andy Jackson unloads on the ball, like it's the most beautiful, wow. like there's no stutter. It's just like this performance art that's happening right in front of you. And you just like clapping and cheering doesn't even seem like it's just like, <gasps> like this heavenly moment, right? Well, so what I'm watching for when, when the set happens is Andy Jackson able to do what she's supposed to do, or does she have to change? Does she have to tighten up? She jumps, the ball is not there. I tighten up and my elbow comes low and I just kind of chunk it over. Hmm. And I feel like both Becca and Andy, and they're both very different players. Like, Becca's like setting a football player with a really super fast arm and Andy's like setting a ballerina like it's a completely different athletic build and a different type and a different speed. And I just felt like last night, I think that second set, I'm not sure when she got called on her double, but like that second set when we hit like 12 balls into the like she just got tighter and tighter and tighter and nervous and just. Like, when a setter gets nervous, you can see it in their their shoulders. Their hitters aren't able to do what they're doing. They have to stutter step. They have to lean. They have to reach. All of those things. Um, I do feel like she got nervous and tight because I think she took a lot of responsibility for, well, darn, you know, I just set the ball so this girl couldn't hit around the block or over the block, you know, in that second and third set. Like, honestly, when I look at the stats, I want to see the second set taken out of there. Like, if you just delete the second set, because we just handed that to them. We hit every ball into the block. Like, let's just delete the second set. All stats, forget that set ever happened. I feel like our team performed really well.
2: Tom, I know you got a question, but I want to follow up really quick. With the way you were talking about just Bergen and the way she played, I felt at a point last night like we were watching a player through five seasons have a flash in the pan freshman year and then sophomore jinx, sophomore slump, and then grow out of it. And then in the fifth and final year of in eligibility in the same game, in yeah. the same game. Yeah. like it literally felt yeah. like, like she just, and and the confidence and the swagger, and she's got a strut when she is, when they're in the groove, did yeah. you notice that? Did you feel anything like that as well from the standpoint of like, she, she got smacked in the face for the first time this year and went, huh, that sucked. well, what am I, I going to do about it?
3: Right. And and when she, you know, where I see her the most confident and have the most swagger is when she's able to win those jousts against 6'9", where <laughs> she goes up to like set her dump and Schmeck wasn't even there. And it's like, dude, you're 6'9". All you have to do is put your fingers up and you don't even have to jump and you would have had a touch on that and that wasn't a kill. Um, So I feel like that's when she has her most swagger, but I don't know, like. I know she is feeling a little bit of the weight of the world on her shoulders and yeah, she had a freshman year just sophomore jinx. Like that definitely happened within one match there. Cause the first set, we don't know what's going to happen. We're just going to do our best and see what happens. And we accidentally win. It's like, okay, I guess we got this. (laughs) And then she think, you know, you go out there and think that what you did in the first set, is going to work in the second set, but they adjusted. And so I just think that that startled her, like you said, kind of that smack in the face. And, uh, We saw them all work through, uh, Harper Murray was kind of in that same boat. She got tight, you know, she, I mean, the hits that some of those hits that they were hitting in the second set, I was like, do I really have to watch this? Can we go home now? You know, (laughs) I know nobody could leave, but man, that second set, I was just like, do I really have to watch this happen?
1: We all watched it and it was very frustrating. 44 attack errors talking with Tanya Taki, one of the great middle blockers in Nebraska volleyball history. Um, And yet, how do you look at that as a coach with all the airs, the service airs, the attack airs? Because I look at it, look at all the airs, and they still managed to win in five sets. How much more growth can they make? It feels like there's a lot of room for these girls to get better, uh, even after having beaten Wisconsin, which seemed insurmountable at one times.
3: Right. I mean, so after the match last night, um, I was able to go up to the... um, Coach's offices and just I'm friends with Jordan Larson. So we were just kind of talking and just told her congratulations and, and whatever. And then we got in the car and it's like, okay, can we watch that over again? Because it really doesn't feel like we won yeah. because we played so bad there for a while. But I guess the one thing that I, when I'm coaching volleyball and I, I feel like they were able to get all the bad out in that second set and a little bit of the beginning of the third, like if it was a basketball game, or a football game where it's accumulation of points. But the one thing about volleyball that makes it so special is that you could play, you could lose 25, five and you can reset your brain and like do some things differently. Switch your liberos, change who sets, move this person to serve. You can completely change your lineup or do something completely different or just decide, Hey, we're going to set the ball five feet off the net instead of one foot off the net against this team and see what happens. Like you can turn around and win a set after losing. So it doesn't matter how bad you lose as long as you don't let one loss or one bad serve or one bad point or one bad set determine your whole match. And I feel like for whatever reason, they were able to have that mindset of that's just one set and where a lot of teams like kind of freak out and like, wow, we just got dominated. We must not be very good like let's curl up in our shell and go home, you know. And I don't think they just they just kept fighting. Like why not? We can we obviously won the first set. We can do it again. We just can't make tight, nervous, worried plays. We just need to play free and like let, hey, this should be a little bit of fun. Like yeah, let's go out and see what we can yeah. do against six nine. And then when you do something great, it's like ah, I did it. <laughs> so it
2: sets up for. And it didn't happen earlier in the season. And the reason why I pulled the schedule up because I wanted to go back and look and see exactly who we played. But uh they go on the road and play at Kansas State after the big outdoor match. And and granted, the opponent's not necessarily the, the, the best in the world. <clears throat> Maryland isn't either, but Maryland is the next team up next Friday. It's at home. Um I don't expect a letdown just from what we've seen. Uh it it's like that live in the moment, turn the page, you know, enjoy it. But what sets up until we scroll down and see november twenty fourth? What sets up as games that worry you with this upcoming schedule?
3: Well, so I actually booked my flights and I'm going to the Penn State game because i'm I've never I've played Penn State like six or eight times as a husker, but I never ever did it there because I played in the Big twelve. So I've never been there. And I've always wanted to go. so i'm I'm excited about that game. Um I feel like that's that Penn State is one of those teams that could get you especially at home because they're all transfers. They're all the best, like the big 10 setter of the year, the big 10 libero of the year, whatever all decided that fifth year, that COVID year. Hey, let's, let's all go to Penn state or whatever. But the problem with that is this, you get there and it's like, well, we didn't, I, this isn't the way I've done it for four years. This isn't the way I've done it for four years. And I just feel like when you have a setter as good as Mac Pedraza, that eventually these, these seniors, super seniors are going to be like, Hey, I don't want to lose anymore. Like we we've gotten here, we're, we're doing pretty well, but like, let's, let's finish our careers on a, on a great note and come together and go. And I just, that team, that team specifically was just not going to be good right off the bat. But I just feel like they're one of those teams that could say, Hey, I'm tired of losing. We're, we're a big dog. I'm used to being one of the best in the big 10. I'm ready to win. So I really, I'm really nervous about that. I don't want to say nervous, but like I'm excited and have it, I'm ex- I'm anxious for that game. There you go. Um, but I I don't I don't see anything else on the schedule that I'm like ooh except for obviously the Wisconsin game, and um, we just are going to have to. I mean, do we have to win that game? I don't know if we have to win that game. No. we can still get half of the. The Big Ten, so well, it,
2: two two of them at nineteen and one. They just you know you're both conference champs, so. right?
3: I know because the last time we were on the radio together, you asked me, "Let's just get a loss so we don't have the pressure." That was like, being... That's just Sorry. that's <laughs> not how that's not how the Big that's Ten not works. How it works. You know, if you want to win a Big Ten championship, you Let's have just to win. lose.
1: No, but I get what Mike was saying. But right. maybe you need a little pressure relief at some yes. point. It's um, just
3: not in the Big Ten. We should have lost to Stanford but, if we needed that. Yeah. Well,
2: flip side though, what happened last night? The way they played was like a loss.
3: It absolutely was. Yeah. That's why I had to rewatch it just to make sure we won because I didn't believe it.
1: It's it's interesting with this team that it seems like a lot of the players who were, they were all stars, or number one at their position coming out of high school. And I think about Kennedy Orr and how she's embraced being a serving specialist. Or, you know, you have Lindsey Krause and you have Allie Batenhorst, and they're still going for, you know, who wins that left side. And last night it was Batenhorst because Krause's in a boot. Um it feels like they really do celebrate each other. And that's not always an easy thing to do. I mean, some people think that's easy, but they've really embraced their role. And I, I, like, the, I like the fact that John Cook has said, well, hey, you're a, you might be on the bench, but you're a game changer when you go in. And, that, and they've really embraced that. Um, this is a team that's fun to watch. But who do you think ultimately wins the gig at left side? Is it Horst or is it Lindsey Krause?
3: I mean, I listened to what Coach Cook was saying before this game started, you know, and obviously he knew pretty well, you know, the day that it happened that Krause wasn't going to be playing on Saturday because it was a pretty um, significant ankle sprain. Um, but he was just saying, you know, even even if if Krause was 100%, Allie puts up a better block, mm-hmm. you know? And so when you're playing against 6'9", you're going to need a bigger block. And I think what is making this team special, like the game changer thing that you were talking about. um, I just feel like they have players that can step in and we need that at left side. Like Hayden coming in is what our team needed to do something a little different in set three. Like Mm -hmm. we just needed a different look, a different idea. Um, We had Mendelssohn come in. Like we know that if people aren't doing like, we just need a side out. Let's try something different. Like this team has prepared for, uh, Merritt Beeson on the right side. Let's throw Maggie Mendelson in for a couple plays and see if we can't just change the momentum a little bit. So I don't know, you know, it's hard for me to say, like I personally like Krause. Um, She's number 22. I was number 22. Um, I like how she's (laughs) like a, an emotional leader on the court. She's a little bit like Becca. She's just, she's kind of got that extra edge that I like. Um, Allie's just a little too, you know, nice and sweet out there for me. Um, she makes it look beautiful. I mean, she's, she's a per like she just, her skills are great and everything. She just isn't that same level of aggression for me. So I, my vote would be Krause if she's a hundred
1: percent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've got some options. I mean, they've got lots of options. We
3: obviously Harper can go on two sets where Uh, she can't hit the ball in bounds. So having somebody who can come off the bench and be like, okay, harp, I got you. And then you can come back in.
1: Mike and I have talked about this before. It kind of reminds me of the nineties with Nebraska football. Like if you're not playing well or practicing well, You might lose your gig uh, because, you know, Jason, Peter, Grant, Wistrom doesn't really matter. We can play any one of them and, and win at a really high level. Uh, Let's get to break and come back with our Picks of Density. We'll have Tanya do hers along with us.
2: Uh, We we could. Now, we also have got to get through uh, the Big Ten Blitz. We kind of switched everything up with you coming in studio. We didn't do the Blitz,
1: did we? Uh, Do you want to
2: do the Blitz first? Let's do the Blitz next segment, and then we'll do Picks of Density. That's why I need a
1: producer. That's why you are the producer, (laughs) Mike Melby. Uh, Okay, so uh, we switch things up. We're going to do our Picks of Density uh, a little bit later on. We've got the Big Ten Blitz coming up next. Tanya will be here for the next... uh, you know half hour or so. She's sticking around. You you have no choice. We got you down here and now you have to stay. I'm here. Uh back with more coming up after this.
0: This is Sunday Rewind on 937 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Husker
2: Rewind on 937 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. If you're watching on the Carter Heyman live stream, thank you very much. We stream every show that comes from the beautiful new studio here at 11th and 0 on Twitter, on Twitch, on Facebook, and YouTube. If you want to be a part of the show, 402-464-5685 is the Honda of Lincoln Hotline or Starter Heyman text line. And a reminder, when our guests are not sitting in studio, like Tanya Taki is this hour with us, they appear on the Allo VIP line, VIP line brought to you by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local hearts. And I think it is time for the Big Big Ten Ten Blitz. Blitz. The Big Ten Blitz. The
1: Big Ten Blitz. The Big Ten Blitz. Okay, Mike, I'll let you start it off. Uh, J.J. McCarthy threw
2: for 287 yards and a career-high four touchdowns as Michigan ignored the fact that their sign-stealing analyst had been suspended. Uh, The Michigan D held, held Sparty to 182 yards. Michigan's got a bye week next week. Michigan State is at Minnesota. Kind of a game that you expected from the Wolverines, though. I, Michigan State right now is still just kind of in a. I, I, I'm surprised that they're in that big of a funk with um, with everything that happened with Mel Tucker. I mean, was was he that important, or were they just not going to be that good this year?
1: I think they've given. I mean, some teams just quit when their coaches fired. Uh, and they seem like a team that has quit, and I hope that's the case because Nebraska plays them in two weeks. <laughs> True, uh, they're two and five. They look like a two and five team. Michigan passed for two fifty-seven. They didn't do anything great, uh, but they've dominated everybody they played. But they haven't played anybody. They really well, they, and they're not going to until Penn State and Ohio State, which is the last couple of weeks of the season. I mean, I think they're the best team in the league, but I don't know. I really have no idea. I think this team might be one of the best teams in the league. Ohio State over Penn State. Uh, they went at twenty to twelve, a defensive battle. Kyle McCord, twenty-two of t- thirty-five for two eighty-six and a touchdown. Marvin Harrison Jr. easily the best wide receiver in college football, in my opinion. Eleven catches and one hundred and sixty-two yards and a TD. Uh, Kate Stover had uh, four catches for seventy yards. Ohio State only ran it for seventy-nine yards. That's what worries me about Ohio State. I know Penn State's a really good defense. Penn State didn't do much on the ground either. Drew Aller. Had a tough day, 191 yards, a TD. He didn't have any interceptions, but he didn't do much. They couldn't do anything on third down. Penn State was 1 of 16 on third down. That was really the story of the game. And
2: and they were 1 of 16 in the first 58 minutes. They were 0 of their first 15. Uh, The interesting thing, that that what really, to me, turned that game, uh, Nittany linebacker Curtis Jacobs uh, knocks the ball away from a cord, takes it back for a touchdown, but they called defensive holding. On, uh, on one of the linebackers that had dropped back in coverage. It was a good call, yeah. but like that seemed to kind of set the tone for the way that game was going to wind up. Yep. Uh, another game where you sit there, look at it, and you're like, really, these two teams still have uh, teams that play actual football? Rutgers and Indiana. Gavin Winsat ran for 143 yards and three touchdowns as Rutgers rolled over Indiana on the road, 31-14. With the win, the Scarlet Knights are now bowl eligible for the first time since 2014. Wow. Now They were in... Like the the citrus bowl, right. Whatever in twenty twenty one, they played
1: in the Tax Slayer bowl.
2: Actually. Yeah, Tax Slayer bowl because Texas A and M had too many players with, with COVID. A four,
1: with a four and eight record, with a four and eight record, and they, that was the year that Nebraska turned down the invitation. Yep. Remember? Yep, because they did. They were too cold. It was yeah. too. It was too we're yeah, beat that, up. That, that was Adrian Martinez yeah. and his band of. Misfits. No, I'm sorry, I, I, I apologize uh, for that.
2: Yeah, comment. so so they did play in a bowl in twenty twenty one, but this is the first time they've actually qualified for a bowl since twenty fourteen. So Nebraska
1: is actually going to be the last team yep. that has qualified or been playable, Indie in Bowl, in Able, yeah. In, in Able, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: Big Ten's leading rusher uh, Kyle Monagai, finished with 109 yards on 24 carries. Next week, Rutgers has a bye. Indiana, well, they're going to fall to whatever their record is now. Indiana is going to fall to two and six and zero oh and
1: five as they play at Penn State. And the best worst game in college football of the weekend: <laughs> Minnesota over Iowa, 12 to 10. Four field goals is all you got from Minnesota, but it was enough to win the game. Ethan Kaliak-Mattis is not a good quarterback, but there isn't a good quarterback in the Big Ten West. He was 10 of 25, 126, zero TDs. Uh, Iowa has Deacon Hill, who was 10 of 28 for 116, an interception. He did run for a touchdown from one yard out, uh, but he did have two fumbles as well. That was a terrible game, but a great call, because it went against Iowa they they catch the punt they run in for the touchdown but oh he illegally illegally signaled for the fair catch they're saying yeah. um there's a lot of there's a lot of people who say that that was a bad call it, it, there was no flag thrown on the play which is crazy to me they went back and reviewed it and said uh, that he called for a fair catch therefore Uh, It does not count, and Minnesota wins the game.
2: Yeah, Cooper DeGene, I mean, we've seen him. He did it to us a couple of years ago. Uh, The young man is spectacular. I cannot wait to see what he does on Sundays. But the interesting thing is, I mean, Iowa fans are insufferable anyway, but their reaction to that, I mean, I get it. If you don't agree with the call, but to start pelting the field with Um, with crap, like, really? How old are you? They're very
1: classy. Uh, Uh, Yeah. Iowa has Northwestern. They're at Northwestern next week. Michigan State is at Minnesota. Illinois has bounced back and played a heck of a lot better since they lost to
2: Nebraska a few weeks back. Uh, Braden Lockie threw three a three-yard TD pass to offensive lineman Nolan Ricci with 27 seconds left to cap an 18-point fourth quarter and complete the comeback from down 14 for Wisconsin, yep, who knocked off comeback. Illinois 25-21. Lockie was 21-41 for 240 yards, two touchdowns. And his first start since taking over for Tanner Morde- Mordecai, Braylon Allen added a score and 145 yards on the ground for the Badgers. According to a Lion-Eye coach, Brett Bielema, though, the turning point in the game was when Illinois defensive lineman Jerzon Newton was ejected for targeting on the sack of Brayden Lockie. It was about a 15-yard sack. Instead, it goes the other way, 15 yards from the line of scrimmage, so a 30-yard difference. They reviewed it. They held up the targeting call. I watched it. I'm sorry. I'm siding with Bielema on this one. Uh, but that kind of really turned the tide in it. And uh ultimately the Illini fall twenty-five, twenty-one. Up next for Wisconsin is Ohio State at home, and Illinois has
1: a bye. Uh is Braden Lockie the best quarterback in the Big Ten West? Because they, there isn't one. I mean it, Well, after one game that he's played, he played <laughs> he played a game and a half now. But well, true. Um but, but
2: he was horrible in the, the second half that, of the
1: of that's, the second half of the, the game last week. It's kind of what gives me hope for Nebraska the rest of the year. Uh, Kaliak Manis might have been the best quarterback that they played so far at Minnesota. He's not very good. Um, he was 10 of 26. He's horrible. Well, he's not very good, <laughs> but I mean, I, that's what you're talking about in the yeah. Big Ten West. I mean, Deacon Hill is, is tragically bad. Yeah. Um, and if Brian Ferrens keeps his job at Iowa, I will be stunned this year. Um, but there are not any good quarterbacks in the Big 10 West Iowa Minnesota uh, you've got uh, Nebraska Illinois got a there's there's nobody i know there is nobody so and it does give me hope that Nebraska could win the the west now in studio we're we're uh
2: very pleasantly surprised that she said, yeah, we've been kind of bugging you for a couple of years now to come down. Tanya Taki's in studio, uh, kind of our Nebraska volleyball expert. You know why? Because she played there for four years. She played for um, Terry Pettit. She played for John Cook and won a hell of a lot of matches. Um, however, I would have to assume you're a sports fan and you may watch a little bit of football. What was your Saturday like yesterday?
3: You know, it was tryout weekend, so I was um, up to my eyeballs and all the acceptance emails and My daughter's better than this, and my daughter can't play with this girl, and um, this coach doesn't like my kids, so I can't play on this team, so that was a lot of my Saturday. However, um, I am actually from Iowa, and so my family is big Iowa fans, so I did live and die with the whole Iowa situation, but... Were they throwing things on the field because they won? They thought they won, or because the call was so bad? I no, thought they, they were throwing they, things. They before. thought the call was bad. No, okay. it was after the call was Got reversed. It. Yeah, I mean, there were screams happening all over the place, and the funny thing is, I mean, my husband will probably kill me because he's listening, but um, he hasn't told my sister that he would rather have Iowa never. Like he just he's not an <laughs> Iowa fan, but he hasn't told my sister this yet. Um, and my phone just buzzed in my pocket. Um, so uh, we, we he could. was screaming for them to lose and they're screaming <laughs> for them to win. And so um, it was just, it was, it was, my phone was going off both ways for, for the football game. But um, you know, my philosophy on football was I played volleyball at Nebraska when we were in the nineties, we were national champions and the Windstrom boys and Scott Frost, you know, the whole nine. And so not being able to park at my games because there was a football game. So I'd have to get a ride to my own games because there wasn't a parking spot for me. And just the way that the boys were treated like gods. And even though we won a national championship in 95 and so did they, it was just volleyball is like way down here. And so for me, um, I've always felt like been treated like the little man around football. So I kind of have a chip on my shoulder when it comes to football. (laughs) Um, I don't feel sorry for them at all right now where, you know, the talk is let's put a dome on it and make it a volleyball facility. Um, that is just like redemption for me. Um, but, I will say, you know, I worked in the radio station, I worked in the radio business. I I was in radio sales and just That's sales in general. That's how I knew you well, right. originally. Yeah, so just the way this town reacts to us being good at football is like I would I I would I wouldn't give my like my pinky, like some people have been posting on Facebook, what would you give for another Nebraska football championship and like my third child and like my pinky toe or whatever. Like I wouldn't I, I would put myself in the mix. like I would do that for my community because everybody like lives and dies by the Huskers. But when it comes to me personally, I am a Huskers fan. That does not mean I'm a football fan.
1: I'm glad Fair we were over on this road. I'm glad we we
2: traveled this way I know. with Tanya. Yeah, I, I am too. And, and I'm, I feel a little bit bad but because you and I are now guilty of contributing to the delinquency of Tanya
1: <laughs> for getting her husband in trouble.
3: Yes. Well, should, I, should I peek and be like... <laughs>
1: What? Well, I understand where you're coming from. I mean, you won a national title and it's just not as celebrated as the football title. But I think, to your point, it's reversed a little bit. I mean, yes. the, the best event I maybe have ever seen, no, that I've ever seen in Memorial Stadium was 92,000 fans watching a volleyball game. I mean, the which Garth crazy Brooks
3: concert was pretty up there because it was right after COVID. And I just remember being in the Gar- at the Garth Brooks concert in tears, just being like the roar of the crowd. and And somebody yelled, go big red. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I've missed this for an entire year. That was amazing. But yeah, I obviously this, like, it's just a complete turnaround from the, where it was like when the news came on it, we would have a game on a Wednesday night or we'd have a game on a Friday night. And so you'd watch the news. And the first thing on the news was that the Huskers practiced in full pads or the Huskers practiced in half pads. And Oh, by the way, the Nebraska volleyball team knocked off number one, Wisconsin. It's like, (laughs) dude, we just knocked (laughs) off number one, Wisconsin. That should be the lead story. But no, what the guys are wearing for football practice is the number one story. But that's just, that was just how it was back then. And I, I mean, I understood our role. It's just, um, a complete turnaround for me and just how, that's why there was so many, so much pride. That's why there were so many tears, um, on Nebraska volleyball day. And it's like, I died and went to have volleyball heaven, and then it was over, and I had to come back, and I was sad. Like, that's how, that's how the game was for me.
2: So, so you've mentioned a couple of times that you're in a, kind of a group text with some former players. What is the conversation like when you're not all at the game? Because, I mean, obviously Jordan can't jump into a, a group text when she's down on the bench. Right. But when either she was out with the uh, Olympic team or the national team, and you're watching an away game, what is some of the conversation centered around? Is there any of the insight that's kind of some fun stuff without getting anybody in trouble?
3: Oh, I mean, so the, the best things that we do is um, when, like, Nancy Metcalf will do the color and we're on our group text. And actually, Jordan is not in my group text because she didn't, we didn't play together because so I'm 10 years older than her, even though she's in Nebraska now. Um, but it's basically all of the Huskers that played in the 96, 97. Um, and then Nancy Metcalf, we kind of adopted her. She played in 96. Um, well, so our conversations can go anything from, you know, that girl looks Amish to like, <laughs> can we please get a set to the outside? And, um, you know, we, we analyze like last night was, is it the setting? Are, are, we, are we so nervous? Are we so tight? Like, I can't tell from my vantage point. Is it the setting? And then we'll just, you know, make comments um, that are completely off off base too but you know we're we're reliving our years of being 18 and you know that girl's fat serve at her you know those (laughs) kind of things you know you point out the what would you do
1: what would you pay to be involved in that group (laughs) oh yeah i mean
3: i'm sure there's space available Um, (laughs) we actually met up with carrie walsh at the nebraska volleyball day and asked her if she wanted to be in our group chat but it is probably 300 texts on game days and then 300 texts throughout the week just That's like awesome. when somebody goes down, like, um, when Iowa state, cause you know, obviously some of us played with Christy Johnson. So her team beat, um, or, you know, when her team beat Texas that one year and then Fiona's at Kansas state, we played with Fiona. So then can't, we were talking saying that Kansas beat Iowa state and just those kind of things. So throughout the week, you know, things happen, you know, the injury report or, um, I'll get a little, you know, tidbit of what i can say in public um like jordan will mention something and i'll be like hey guys guess guess what's happening over here or guess what the game plan is and so just some of those things that we talk back and forth but um like it's definitely that group is definitely a group of best friends and i know we don't see each other a whole lot but we definitely talk a lot during the week
1: now that's awesome yeah
3: Yes. You're the best. Serving at the fact.
2: Uh,
1: do you want to stick yeah. around for the final segment? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, awesome. It's uh, We want to have you in every week. Uh, Tanya Taki. <laughs> sounds sounds one, amazing. One the-, the
3: problem is on every other Sunday, I have four kids. Okay. So,
1: well, you know. we understand if you can't make it, but when you can make it, we'd love to have you here at 11th and 0. Our brand new studios, Tanya Taki, one of the great middle blockers and just lots of fun on the radio as well. One of the great middle blockers in Nebraska volleyball history. Uh, we do have to do our picks of density Uh, And if you'd like to weigh in with your picks as well, Tanya, we'll do that. Coming up next, it's Mike Melby and Tom Stevens, live at 11 at the No. It is Husker Rewind.
0: This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Final
1: segment, Tom Stevens, Mike Melby, Husker Rewind, Tanya Taki, a uh, former Nebraska middle blocker played for both John Cook and Terry Pettit. So, what was that like playing for both those guys? How were they different in personality?
3: I mean, so I mean, I think there's like I don't know how many years difference, but I think there were like they're completely two different generations. Yeah. Um coach Pettit didn't focus on like as much of the like the be a better athlete He just hired people and we did when we were playing, we did the Husker power workouts because they were national champions. So we needed to do the neck things and we put our hands on the ground to sprint. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm a middle blocker. I never put my hands on the ground ever. Yeah. Um, but, and so then coach cook came in and he's like, we need to build the total athlete. And so we were doing like 45 minutes of yoga before and after every practice, he brought in like all these experts on breathing and muscle this and that. And, and Coach Pettit just kind of thought it was a whole bunch of hooey. Like, I don't care what you guys do. Yeah, I just, he was this old is, school. A, absolutely old school. Um, Coach Pettit, it was a chess match. You have this chess piece. How do I put this chess piece against your chess piece? Where Coach Pettit, Coach Cook was, I want to make my chess pieces stronger mm-hmm. so that you can't beat any of my chess pieces. So just completely two different Yeah, and you played
1: with rally, uh, rally scoring was not involved as no. of yet.
3: No, we were talking about how when I played and Iowa State was horrible, we would get on an airplane at, at two o'clock. We'd go there and play. They'd score three points in a whole match and we would come home and be home. Like it was a, whole, a an entire four and a half hours. Yeah. Because there was that no volleyball happens. happening. That never happened. Right. Because no. there's not rally scoring. So we would lose our serve. They would try and, you know, they'd give us a serve and we would smash it back and then we'd get the ball back. So it was like if you look back to like the 1997 Iowa State versus Nebraska game, I think they might have scored five points. Really? Yeah, because you have that's to have the crazy. serve to score. So if you side out, they don't score a single point. And yeah. so it just, it changes the game. But on the flip side, we had some five-hour games. Last night's game, the TV broadcast was 300, 300, geez, three hours and 14 minutes. Wow. That was a long game. Yeah, that, that's, that's
1: as long as I've seen. Yeah, well, and, and that, I think was that was typical. Also, well, your, that
3: was also all yeah. the challenges.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's get to our picks of Density. It's time
0: now for the Picks of Density. Cause it's the pig! Wait, it says density on here. I'm your density. Oh, I get it. Because your picks carry a lot of weight, right? That's some heavy <laughs> shit, man. Alright, let's roll with it. <clears throat> the Picks of Density.
1: Alright, I'll let Mike lead this segment because he's more of a gambler than I am. Alrighty,
2: so basically Tom and I are going to pick the games against the spread. So we'll either take the favorite and give the points or take the underdog and take the points. Uh, And sometimes, like last week, I think we both called on the money line. uh, Utah to upset USC, which was fantastic to see the 39-yard field goal there at like 4.30 in the morning or whenever it was. Uh, For some reason, I was still up. But uh, So the first game we've got is Oklahoma at Kansas. Oklahoma almost got knocked off by UCF. Uh, on Saturday, but they hold on for the two-point victory. They are at Kansas though. Lance Leipold has got the Jayhawks a heck of a lot better than they used to be. Line is ten and a half. What says Tanya?
3: Well, I was looking at it for volleyball, and I would say Kansas is going to (laughs) win.
2: (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that because it's at Kansas. Right. So they have, yeah.
3: she's
1: doing all her predictions I'm based on the my, volleyball. Absolutely. I'm uh, doing volleyball. Fair Kansas enough. wins. I like that. I, I Ten and a half is a lot of points, and Kansas is coming off a bye, I believe. Yep. Uh, OU almost lost to UCF. I think that's too many points. I, I'm going to take Kansas. Tom takes Kansas as well.
3: Put me down. You've got to put me on your spreadsheet.
1: I've got you. Okay, I'm going to
2: put you right here. I'm going to okay. put you. are going to have to be right there. Yep. No, we're good. Uh, next one, Oregon at Utah. Oregon is a four and a half point favorite, but the game is in Salt Lake City.
1: Uh, let's see. Oregon just beat Washington State. Four and a half, you said. Yep. Utah over USC. I I like Utah. I just think they're tough. I like Utah. What about Utah?
3: I mean, Oregon's volleyball team is is really having a great <laughs> season, so I'm going to have to go with Oregon.
1: Yeah, and their Nike school. Uh, I mean, their I don't like their, cool.
3: their court look. Like, what is with all those trees? Like, it's just very distracting,
1: but hey. Dana Altman's uh, from Nebraska, too, and he's a uh, basketball coach. Yep.
2: Next game up, Duke at Louisville. Louisville is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I already know where you're going.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, Louisville's having an amazing season. Danny Bussman's running that program. Great, so I'm going. You, would you like to
1: see her replace Cook?
3: I mean, that's what the rumors are, but we'll see. Well,
1: Tyler Hildebrand would be a good choice,
3: but he's at home now. Yeah. He gets to be at his alma mater. This is Dan, bringing Danny back to her alma mater, and I, I've hear, heard that her contract says she can only leave for Nebraska.
1: <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to take Duke. Uh, they're coming off that loss to Florida State, but I, I like them to beat uh, Louisville. All righty.
2: Next one, number one, Georgia, 16-point favorite at Florida. Florida, 5-2 and two on the year.
1: They're playing pretty well. That's a lot of points, isn't it? 16 points, Florida, Georgia. What do they call that, the between the hedges? Uh, is that the between the hedges thing? It might be, I or, don't know. Uh, the greatest outdoor cocktail party, uh, whatever it is. That's too many points. I like Florida to cover in this particular game. Both teams coming off a bye. What do you think, Tanya?
3: Well, I mean, I'm just sick that the fact that they lost their setter, um, Florida <laughs> Stucky in Florida. I mean, that's just so sad. Um, they were having a year to remember, and they lost her. So I'm, I'm afraid that I'm gonna have to pick Georgia, just because Florida just can't do it with this new setter.
2: Okay, fair enough. I like this because you know what's going to happen she's going to go like 7 and 1 I know
3: right. I'm going to be both of you guys just picking the volleyball school just schools. picking
2: the volleyball school she's going to clean our clocks next up Colorado at UCLA talk about a lot of points opening line it may have dropped a little bit by now but the opening line was
1: 17 and a half UCLA giving up that many points to Colorado UCLA thrashed Stanford Stanford beat Colorado in overtime yep. and that's 17 and a half points I still think that's too many Colorado coming off a bye uh, UCLA played this week. I think UCLA wins, but that's too many points seventeen and a half. I'm going to take Colorado. Tanya, Tanya.
3: UCLA. I mean, against Colorado in volleyball, I don't know enough about Colorado. I think Lee Mays is still out there, so I do. I am a fan of Lee Mays as the coach, or assistant coach. But UCLA is a volleyball school. They're they're born playing volleyball out there. So I'm going to have to go with UCLA. They're
1: going to join the
2: conference too. Yeah. No. Yeah. How interesting would that have event. I'm going to be
3: on that, that airplane. I can't wait till the schedule comes out.
2: No kidding. Next one up, Ohio State at Wisconsin.
1: Ohio State a 14-point favorite. That's at Wisconsin. At Wisconsin. Uh, Ohio State's not scoring a lot of points. I think they win the game. I don't think they win by 14. Um and they had that great comeback. They got a little momentum. I'm going to take Ohio or Wisconsin to cover. Ohio State wins the game, Tanya.
3: Absolutely, Wisconsin. But <laughs> you know they're say. coming off a really tough loss. I mean, I think they have to be questioning themselves. They're going to have to rework everything. I mean, they're kicking themselves. I don't know. I'm feeling like they're a little down right now. Sure. But I, they'll they'll pick it up by the by I'm, game
1: day. I'm extremely confused, but I, I love this
2: segment. I, it's it's the best segment that it's ever been. Uh, Michigan State at Minnesota.
1: Uh, I got, six and a half is the uh, the the line Minnesota favored. Minnesota should win this by 20, shouldn't they? I mean, Minnesota, Michigan State has quit. Uh, and, of course, Minnesota coming off the three-point win or the two-point win over Iowa. I've got Minnesota to cover the six and a half. Tanya?
3: I mean, Minnesota isn't having the year that they were expecting to with the, the, the best player in the Big Ten. Um, so I think that they're going to be at the point where they're going to say, I need to stop losing. How's their setter? I love their setter. That, I can't think of what her name is, but she's huge, and she's strong.
2: So
1: oh, I do like go. I like Minnesota. I okay. was waiting
3: for you to go
2: talk about Minnesota, then go. And Michigan State just sucks. <laughs>
3: so. I mean, Michigan State, they just don't have a lot of fire, but Minnesota's having a down year. Yeah. They are.
2: Uh, last game, Purdue at Nebraska. Line opened at 4.5 and, and very quickly was bet down to 3. So Nebraska favored by 3. Over Purdue,
1: I think Nebraska has their best offensive game. the The c- defense continues to play well. I think they actually win it, you know, 28-14 something like that, over Purdue. Purdue is coming off a bye, so that's slightly concerning. Tanya,
3: we're, we're number one, baby. Like, we're number one. Can we just say that Nebraska's is going to be number one? When was the last time we were number one? It's been. A, it's a not hot official minute. yet. Is it official? It's not official. It'll be yeah. official Monday. Okay. Wasn't it
2: sometime in twenty twenty one? Wasn't there a couple of weeks?
3: Yeah, I do think we got the like early, early on, but I mean this late in the season to be number one. That's yep. I mean I got my tickets for the final four. Nice. Ha- right. I, I picked Nebraska. They're in,
2: Tampa. Tampa's for yeah. the final four. Tampa's is. Is in the final okay. four. It's gonna be a heck of a trip. All righty. So the picks of density are in, and uh, we'll see how they turn out. Tom and I have got a little side wager going on, and we we had a push last week, so uh, it all worked out. Yeah. It nobody did. nobody owes anybody any any. Uh, fun-filled uh test yeah, tube shooters I, I or jello shots are we are we uh are we doing dinner or how are we doing this i don't know I, I think we could i'm still thinking test tube shooters and and, and jello shots or you know <laughs> i mean i mean if i
3: win you're with... taking me to sushi
1: Okay. Right. fair enough yeah well, we've got a great uh, sushi place in the Haymarket, so we <laughs> could do that absolutely uh, do you have a uh, get off my lawn nominee for this week
2: <laughs> You know what? I really don't, man. It's Halloween season. Uh, so, so Clint can yell at the air for me right now. Uh, I'm in full-blown uh, get-the-yard-ready mode, and, and we're
1: like nine days and counting. So I'm, I'm taking Harbaugh again. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> you you can take him lawn. any week. Uh, but that comment after the game, they're caught for stealing signals from other teams, and he just says, well, that, that happens when you're really good. People pick on you. Shut up and get off my lawn again. Get hard. off my lawn.
2: Tanya, have you figured the segment out yet?
3: I mean I think the segment is <laughs> people who say things um or do you, things and, yeah. or do things and, that
2: you deem stupid.
3: Right. Uh. And so I what I would probably put out there in the sports world right now is just all those football boys who can't handle the fact that Taylor Swift's at football games and is more important than your stupid game. Yeah, they can like get off my just, lawn. Just just be excited. Just just go with the flow. Yeah. Just it's not that it's your help- your game isn't that important. You can allow this cute little girl to get a little attention. <laughs> like, come on.
1: It's helped him. I mean, he had another great fantasy game today. 20 plus points. So it's. I think it's really done a, a world of good for him. So there you go. We're leaving. Yeah, we are. Uh, there's no outro uh, for the show. We need a, a producer for this show at some point. Yeah. Uh, we'll get one. Yeah. And year three, that'll happen. There Tanya, thanks go. for hanging yeah, out with no us. Absolutely. Uh, come back anytime you want to. We'll promote uh, Nebraska One. Uh, how are things going at Nebraska One?
3: We are up to our eyeballs and getting all the teams set for 2024. So we're having a great tryout season. I don't.
2: I don't know what I want to like. Get a secret peek at more the group texts or the emails from the moms.
3: <laughs> you know, I yeah. The, my, <laughs> favorite, angry my, my favorite. My is the when they attack me personally for the the placement. <laughs> but the 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 picture that people sent of what. The Amish girl, like the the, pick, the, the gifts and right. stuff, those are the best.
1: Yeah, but well, you got to be on the show more. Uh, the picks of des- density has never been better. I sure completely it's, agree. It's been the best yeah. it's ever been. I can't been, wait so,
3: to find so. out. I have to. Follow. I don't even remember all my picks, but I'll. Have, I, I guarantee you she'll win. They're, I yeah, guarantee you no, she wins. Yeah, I've got them all down.
2: So
1: all right, we'll see you next Sunday, five to seven. It's Husker Rewind. Mike Melby, Tonda Taki, Tom Stevens. Goodbye.